Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 22 of the pre-production meeting. I am your co-host Josh Urquhart. And I'm the other, I was going to say I'm joined by the other one. I am the other one, Austin Scott. Austin, it's a bit of a different location today, don't you reckon? Mm, yeah. What's happened? We've been fucked around by the venue, so we decided to take it remote. And yes. that's where that's why we're here today. Ed. This is um this is a special location. Yeah, we've uh, we've been here before. <laughs> we what happened here? You guys are in... currently on set of stain. Wow. <laughs> oh my god, and we're fast forward into the future a couple of months after the fact that shooting was done. But how do you feel to be back in this nostalgic place? I feel good. I feel yeah. great, especially the episode we have in store for you all today. I'm very excited. Mm. We have a very special guest mm. and I'm keen to get into it. How was your week this week? Very, very good. Yeah. The polar opposite to last week. Really? Polar opposite. So I'm keen to get into that as well. What are we saying now? We're very close. I know like, we're very, very close. close right now. <laughs> That's why I want to Come, get closer. <laughs> <laughs> Out of 10, how was your week this week? 10. 10? 10, yeah. Sweet. What, what was so different? From last week, productivity, yeah, and lots of lots of it. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, can you get into it? All right. So this episode is a special episode. Um, there we go. Bear with us. We're just trying to get our bearings with um independent podcasting, <laughs> on remote locations because um a certain podcast studio fucked us up again. Anyways, they don't they they won't watch this. Um, but we have a special one today because we have a guest on, and this is um this was a long time coming. Is that a fucking mower I hear? Or is that a plane? That's a plane. Plane passing. Um, <laughs> this one's a special one today because, you know, this has been a long time coming. Um, we've mentioned his name a couple times on the podcast um, and we finally got him in. He's a busy man. He's a busy man. And um, we finally, we went through his agent, went through his mom, his dad, his you know, his siblings, his pets, and we finally got him on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. So you're in for a good one today. Um, and I actually have a little intro written um, for this guest. So this man is a versatile man of many talents. We first met him at JMC and on set behind the camera. He's been a Sky News studio controller and audiovisual technician. He's even a Best Director nominee at the International Shorts Film Festival for his short film Calibre. You'll catch him DOPing, gaffing and directing. You may see, he may even turn up on your set as first AC. It's Daniel Kugola, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Hey boys, it's a pleasure to be here. Dan, how are you, my friend? I'm good, I'm yes. good. Now, this has been a long time coming in it the has. making. Um, are you a fan of the podcast, by any chance? I am the biggest fan. <laughs> I don't know if I told you, boys, but um, this podcast was my number one on Spotify Wrapped. No <laughs> way! Are you <laughs> yeah, kidding? Yeah, for real. Yeah. Oh, that's insane. Yeah. We made it. We made there, it. There, there, it yeah. There's a little bit of pressure now to like, hold up. Yep, there we go. That's fine. Um, oh, yeah, bro. Even this wasn't even my podcast on number one. It's all right. Yeah, I don't have Spotify, so. Have you? You don't? Well, I do, but I don't use it. Okay. Um, what's your favorite episode of the podcast, Dan? Um, oh, i got to say, I love the one with Jay and Fetty. That one cracked me up so much. I love those boys. What, the one I wasn't on? <laughs> next, next question. <laughs> Next question, please. Um, well, man, it's a it's a pleasure to have you on, and you know we've been talking during this week and weeks leading up to this recording. Um, we have quite a few things to go through this week, but we are actually we're going. Me and Austin are going to be co-producing your film um, later on this year, and um, I'm sure we'll get into that. 
Um, but how are you feeling at this point in time in terms of where you are on your filmmaking journey? We'll start off with a big one. I know it's a lot to unpack, but we'll start off with that. My whole filmmaking journey as a whole? Yeah. Do you want me to start with like my history and everything? Or? You know what? What led you to filmmaking? Start from the very start. Yeah, okay, back. yeah. From conception. Let's go back. Yeah. So I'm one of these people who started when I was a kid. I used to just make you know videos in my family camcorder and that sort of stuff. Um, I used to do like stop motion animation. That's what really got me into the art of creating. So like... I don't know if you've seen on YouTube like those Lego videos and stuff where it's like, you know, stop motion and I'll just watch them and I'd be like, how do they do that? Like, how do they make it move? And then I remember like I researched it, found it out and then I tried it for myself and just like the magic of actually like, because you take all the photos and then put it together and play it back at a fast frame rate and it creates movement. And just seeing that come to life was just magical and like yeah. I just fell in love with it. So used to do stop motion a fair bit and then throughout high school I had a group of mates that were also really into film. So mm -hmm. we would make films together and yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah. So, and like during that time, I didn't really know that I wanted to do it for a career. Yeah. I used to sort of be a bit embarrassed to tell people that that's what I wanted to do. Cause I yeah. thought like, you know, they'd make fun of me and be like, that's not achievable or whatever. And then I remember around year 10, um, I realized like, if I'm not able to tell people that this is what I want to do, how am I going to do it for a career? You know? Yeah. So I was just like, you know what, I'm going to own this and I'm going to say I want to be a filmmaker and I want to direct and, you know, do whatever. So, fuck. Yeah. Get in deep so quickly, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm what I do best. Right. That's what I do best. Did you, what's your favorite stop motion film? You know, you got your Wallace and Gromits. You got Wes yeah. Anderson does a couple of them. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite? Oh, I really like Coraline. Oh, it's a that's great a one. one. It's so spooky. Like for yeah. kids watching that, you know. My you ex get... showed me that. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting deep quickly, Josh. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's a spooky one. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, I really like the Lego movie because they sort of replicated the stop motion look in yeah. that movie. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing work. It's a long process stop motion. It is. It's you need um, to be really patient. It's, it's it's exactly like animation as well. Have you ever dipped your dipped your hands into the animation process? At Not all? really. No. no. Did you did you used to edit all your own stuff? Yeah. 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 So you love stop motion. You got to high school and you found a group of mates that you wanted to do this with. And what happened after that? Um, and then I just um, tried to get into film school. Mm -hmm. So I applied for afters. Didn't get into that. Um, and then I went to AFTT. Did you guys hear that JMC is taking back AFTT? No. Yeah. What, they so, were originally together. So like JMC has always owned AFTT. Voice crack. That's right. <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to up that on the volume. So <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, JMC has always sort of owned AFTT. Okay. And they have just decided this year to just take it back. Like the intake that they've had is the final intake. And yeah, they've just taken ownership over it Far again. Far out. So was there any other schools that you might have gone to other than JMC? Yeah, yeah. So I was initially looking at going to either JMC or AFTT. Yeah, okay. And then decided to go to AFTT. Yeah. Um, did two years there and then I wanted to keep studying. So I got an advanced diploma there. And then to get a bachelor, I transferred over to JMC for a third year. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of weird because like they take some of your units and then transferred over but it's not a completely cohesive transfer mm -hmm. so i was sort of between classes so i had did i have any classes with you guys or? we i don't think we did yeah uh, yeah i don't think that's no i wasn't yeah 
don't think we met you either. on the set of Loki's film. That's right. Yeah, mm. I think you DP'd that. Didn't I had. You? I had. Did you? No, not Loki's film. No. Who DP'd Loki's film? Loki. Pretty much. Oh, You're AC, right, Pop? I think I was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, no, I had some classes with um with Jay and Fetty, I remember. Really? Yeah. So I, you were in our It was like digital producing. Did you guys do that class? Oh, digital producing. Yeah, we did. Well, yeah, I would have been in your class. Yeah. Oh, oh, maybe we were, but I just didn't. With like... um who was who was your lecturer? <laughs> uh what was his name? I can't remember now. Wait, it was the two guys, yeah. 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 <laughs> Wait, you were in the class <laughs> when the photo came up on screen? The photo. The photo? Were you? Yeah, you were. No, I don't think. Oh, maybe. Have you heard of it though? No, wait. Tell me the story. Or can we not? No, no, no. We've told it on here before. So we were, we were um, in our. Oh, actually, no. I can't because we just said the uni day, but it would give them a bad. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. No. We. I think I know what you're talking. I saw something similar. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, fuck. And there's been like another class I've been in that something similar has happened as well. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> fuck it. At James It's C. James E, man. It's, oh. yeah. yeah, it was a bit, how you going? But mm. at the same time, one of the best times of my life. Yeah, so. no, I met some good people. Yeah. Met you mm. boys. And... What, what, what were like your biggest takeaways from like James E? Um, well, I think film school in general, I would say you get out of it what you put in. Because mm. I know there are a lot of people that went more. to, yeah, yeah, a lot of people went to film school and they just, they didn't show up to class. They didn't put any effort into their films. And it's like, 100%. how do you expect to get anything out of it if yeah. you're not doing anything? I was I was even, I had a meeting this morning um, and I was talking to the person about how, you know, you go into film school and you got two types of people. And you got the people that go into it going, I love films, I want to make films. And um, you got the people that, that, Sorry, you got the people that go into film school wanting to become a filmmaker and then you got the people that go into film school going, I love films, right? Mm. And you can see as soon as... I knew the first day I could tell out of all the crowd, you know, who's going to come out of this, who's going to still be doing stuff right now. And there's only a select handful of us that are still doing stuff and most of them are just... They're not anymore. And, you know, it's... um, It's... um, You might want to make films, then you go into the film industry and learn how much there is to do and that really separates you know uh the filmmakers from the non-filmmakers continuing on with what we were saying what were the things that you got out of film school basically um well i think the most valuable part is the practical aspect so you literally go there and you have access to all the resources you need as in um equipment uh crew members um and then you also have like a tight deadline to actually make your film and that's probably like the three most valuable things that you need when you make a film and then you realize after you finish film school like oh i might not have all these resources and it's a lot more difficult to pull things up that is perfect because remember when i had the um uh, it was mentioned on last week's episode when it came to the crowdfunding yeah. i felt like that was a deadline and I actually panicked about it because i didn't think i was going to get it done in time but if i didn't have that i wouldn't have done it yeah. and it's so easy to once we come out just go i'll do it later i'll do it later and then they just Two years go by, you're like, oh, shit. And then, you know, stuff like this happens. You get held accountable for what you mm. need to do, essentially. I think you kind of, you're fucked as well if you're not a, I don't know if, not likable person, but like you need to network at uni because you come out and, you know, you, it's all about who you know in this industry. And if you're not making those connections, then you're not going to get anywhere. And since uni, what's been your kind of like, journey to where you are now yeah so i'll talk about that um 
So I got a job at Sky News for nine months. So I was a control panel operator. Studio, yeah? Yeah. yeah. So basically what you're doing is... Are you, do you do something similar? Um, I know of like we, we work directly with them in our department. Right, okay, yeah. I'm sure he does. He's a, a studio... Aren't you a Prez coordinator? Presentation. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Right. You're like, you two are the only people... Sorry, you two are the only people that I know that go, oh, I know what that yeah. is. Yeah. Whereas when people ask me, like, what's that? And then I have to describe it. They're like, oh, yeah. yeah. And I just look at them and go, you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> don't Prez people do nothing? <laughs> oh, my God. Not Prez do <laughs> Pretty so much. Really? Well, it's, isn't it just, like, quiet for you until something goes wrong? And then we're like, crash to break. And then you're like, you have to, like, scramble to get everything. Yes and no. Live programming is our busiest thing. But at the same time, when you're on, like, the multi-channels like I am at the moment, you're kind of just watching TV, making sure nothing fucks up. But yes, to answer your question, yes. Right. Um, yeah, so I'll roughly explain what I used to do. So what I would do is it's called live switching. And basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're in like a little studio room. You So there's a pilot and a co-pilot. You'd switch between them with your co-workers. And you're basically just like you have live TV. Like I used to do, there's a few channels we would do like Fox Sports News yeah. and then like the Sky News official news channel. Um and what you do is you just, you press buttons to go, like, to do different things. So you can pull graphics up on the screen. Um, you can sort of, like, the, the um, host will be talking. And then you press a button to go into, like, a package, which is, like, a minute of, like, it's a news story, like, cut away to something. We Didn't we do a similar thing at uni? We did, like, a topic. Probably. Uh, what was it? It was something to do with that, but we practice vision switch. Is it vision switching? Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Okay. Yeah. And then you'll have to like count the host back into um, like when they're back on screen again. So it's like, you know, 10 seconds, five seconds. And then, yeah. And then you cue them and then press the button. And sometimes it's like delays because they're in different places and you got to let count. And yeah, because it's live television, everything is very instant, right? So if there's a mistake, you'll, you'll notice it if you watch... The shows like all the time, like, you know, banners go up that has like the wrong information on it or spelling mistakes and stuff. You've got to fix that straight away because it's live television and there's no... Have you ever put, uh, have you ever seen Black go to air? Oh, I've done that. So yeah. Have yeah. <laughs> have you as well? Everyone does that at the start. I put, I put 60 seconds of Black to air. 60 <laughs> Holy no. Because I forgot, I forgot about a channel change. It's when the Queen died. Oh, and, uh, no, 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 no. The Queen had died the night before, and then I came into work at four o'clock the night after. Yeah. And then I was on Nine Gem, and what they were doing, because the Panthers were versing the Eels, they didn't, they had like Queen coverage all day, and that was just rolling nonstop. And then when it came to that time, the Queen coverage went to Gem, and I was in control of that. So I was taking care of the channel changes. And then I got told times that the, the delayed markets were coming in. It sounded like it went, the delayed markets. That the delayed markets came in and I just forgot about Perth. And then Perth 9 was sitting in black because like we were, my group was in a break when Perth joined, which means that they couldn't join because there was no feed to join. I was just sitting there just going, yeah, everything's fine. See that Perth's in black. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, And it was Perth 9 that was in black, but the footy wasn't on yet in Perth. Mm. So I was like, "Eh, I don't think people in Perth are watching. Fingers crossed. Anyway, haven't heard any blowback from it, and it was last year. So I've put 
so I'll tell my little story. So I think I told you. So when Neighbours was airing, I mean, it's coming back now, but when it was airing the finale, so there was a massive lead up to it. Like Neighbours has been on for so many years. And leading up to the finale, we were doing these compilation episodes. And like what I do at work is I make, I watch these episodes and I basically QC them and I put in the segment times like for each segment. Um, like when it's going to go into commercial, when it's going to come out of commercial kind of thing. And I was doing heaps of them, heaps of them, like on one day, right? Leading up to this neighbor's finale. And, um, I did so much one day that I think I, um, yeah, so I thought it was all good and they were combining two episodes into one, into one episode, right? Um, and you, you got to make sure these segments like you put an in point, you put an out point, right? And so you're not getting any black. So um, I go away, I go to Singapore, right? And I come back and um, usually everyone in the office is really happy, really happy to see me as well. I walk in, I'm like, hey, everybody. And they're all just like, they'll just look at me. I'm like, oh, shit, what have I done? Anyways, my boss calls me up and me and my boss have a really close relationship, right? And he's super serious. I'm like, oh, this is a bit weird. Um, he's like, how was your holiday? I'm like... Yeah, it was good. How was yours? And he didn't even answer. He's like, all right, look, I have to talk to you about something, right? And he's like, all right. So on so-and-so night, whatever, um, Neighbours was airing. And at that point, for some reason, the execs, the big Channel 10 execs were watching the Neighbours episodes go to air, right? Because it's leading up to this massive finale and heaps of people are watching these episodes. And he's like... I just want you to have a look at this. And then he showed me one of the episodes that I clipped up, right? And that I um, segmented. And what I did is between episodes, because I'm usually like, you know, neighbors episodes, especially those compilations are like six eggs. But for some reason, the one that I did had five segs. And I looked at it and I actually combined two segs into one, which means in the middle, there was about 30 seconds of black followed by the clapper and the information <laughs> of all the next step, all the metadata that pops up on screen followed by a countdown. And I put that to air with all the execs watching and everything. And, um, yeah, man, it was, um, I've also accidentally put the wrong news. So we do the news updates as well. And there was a time that I accidentally put the wrong news update to air, well, not the yeah, because we've got to clip up the news updates, and I accidentally clipped up a dub take where so this is what and went to air Sydney twelve o'clock, so prime time for these news updates, and you've got to get these twelve o'clock ones right because they can't replace it with anything. It's the first one of the day. The news reader was like, "Hey, welcome to channel ten, uh, 10 news first at oh, <laughs> literally like that." <laughs> And then she's like, all right, yep, let's do that again. And I didn't check my ins and outs, which I usually do. Trust me, I've learned my lesson now. Um, and I clipped that and that went to air of her going, all right, let's do this again, followed by the countdown and the clapper for the next update. Oh, yeah, no. Pretty messed up. How, how about yours? How was your black to air moment? Oh, it's just like the most common way that it happens is, um, so we have to do this thing called boxes. So it's like you'll cut from the host talking to like, if they're talking to a guest, it'll, so what you have is like a preview screen of what's going to go to air when you press enter and then you have what's actually live. So, but if you're doing things quick and you're not experienced, sometimes you don't check your preview properly because you're trying to figure out and then you'll send live. So boxes is like when you have, think of like two boxes on the screen, like two people talking side by side Mm -hmm. and Say on the left, you've got the host and on the right, you've got the guest yeah. and a common, cause you have to sort of plug in on the computer, like 
where the host goes and what box and where the guest goes. And if you don't plug in the guest properly, it's just a black screen. So I've sent that to air. Like, so it's just the host just talking to like no one. Ooh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Dan. Yeah. I'm surprised how we all still have our jobs. Yeah, I mean, actually leading into this segue, Dan, mm. I think it kind of leads into after uni. Yes. You, you actually quit your job. Yeah. So Tell us about that. Yeah. So I went straight from um, Sky News to a videography company mm-hmm. and I was working there for a while. Freeland? Um, no, 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 I was there. Full I was full time, like okay. Monday to Friday. Um, yeah. That was in Northern, Northern Beaches. So, and I live in Western Sydney. So it was like three hours of driving every day. Whereabouts do you live? You're out uh, near a little suburb called Oatlands, which oh, is like. I know where that is. Yeah. Near Parramatta. That was near my area. Yeah. Constitution Hill? Yeah. That's where I used to live. Yeah, nice. This is right around the corner. Very nice. Continue, Dan. Sorry. Um, So I had this videography job and like I was doing some cool stuff. Like um, I was doing some filming for Manly, Mm -hmm. which was cool because I got to meet some of the the hosts from when I was doing Fox Sports News. I would speak to them, but I would never like see them in person. That's right. I do recall Jay and Fetty saying they were at a match once. Yeah, they saw me filming. (laughs) But it was like I wasn't doing like... I'm not like a main filming the main field. It was like B-roll stuff, like yeah. of the crowd yeah. and all that stuff. And they put together little packages for the website and stuff yeah. like that. And then I would also film like the press conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that stuff was cool. But um, yeah. long story short, it just wasn't like a right fit for me at the company. And also I just wanted to go on to do other things like filmmaking. I just, I had this calling that was come. It's always been there. Like I want to do film, you know what I mean? And like, Sometimes you try and run away from it, but it's always going to come back to you. And Austin, I know you were sort of talking about this on the last podcast about how you weren't in the best place. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I sort of got into that place as well, where it's like when you're working full time somewhere and your heart's not really in it, you just, you're sort of just living for the weekends mm-hmm. and then you just smash out the weekends and you just, you know, you repeat the cycle and it just starts to feel very mundane and like, yeah, yeah it's, it's scary. Um, so I just said, you know what, like, I'm just going to try this film thing. Like I had a conversation with my parents. I'm like, just give me a year and like, I'll just give this a crack. And like, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But at least I can say I've tried. Um, yeah. So I just, I had that conversation with my parents. Um, and I'm lucky because my parents are very supportive of me. Yeah. Um, so they were like, all right, like, yeah. give it a go. Um, and that was in October last year. So now we're three months, four months later, February now. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to lie, like it's, it's a lot of up and downs, you know, like I think one of the most important things is like, I was thinking about this earlier. It's with this kind of thing, right? You need to, okay, this is a lesson that you can carry over life as a whole, no matter what you do. You need to embrace that life is a series of ups and downs and that sort of helps balance it out. Um, it's a blessing and a curse though, because when you're in good times, you can't help but think, oh, like something bad is around the corner. So I think it's important to hold on and just like remember how good it feels when you're in those good times because when it gets bad, it gets really bad and you need something to hold on to that's going to carry you on until it gets good again. When you say really bad, how do you mean? Um, I mean, for me, it's like I just feel a lot of anxiety about my future and stuff. Um, And like, I mean, literally earlier this week, like I was saying stuff to you, like about this short film we're working on, like, I don't know if this is going to work, like, and I was even having a conversation with my friend literally days ago where I was like, I I don't think I'm going to be one of those people that, you know, can achieve their dreams. Like, I don't think I can become a director. Um, 
but then like i think this is where you need the tools to to help you get out of those situations as well because there's a lot of people that say like oh you know you, you need to just push harder and push harder and it's like that's all good and all but like we're all human and we all get into bad places sometimes yeah. so what you need is a set of tools that will actually help you out of those situations so one thing i've been practicing is meditation and when you get really good at it it's it's hectic it's like a superpower i've done so, it and it yeah, works it's good well. hey it like took me i was actually so this is something that i worked with my therapist as well like i it never used to work with me work for me and i think like in those really hard and high anxiety situations if you're trying to meditate you're going to have trouble so it's about building kind of your meditation practice outside of those anxiety ridden situations so you're practicing when you're non-anxious so then when you are anxious you've practiced so much that you can go into it and you know you know what works and what can calm you down kind of thing but it works it does yeah like ideally you get to the point where you can just you're anxious you can just take a couple breaths and it takes you back to that training and like you're good you're sweet ideally you know in a perfect world of course um another tool i would say is having a good support group like that's been you boys for me like if i'm feeling stressed i just reach out to you guys and of course and i want to thank you guys for being there because like that's you right. know, i could not have done any of this without you Bro, so we've, man, we've been in the exact same position so many times so made, we feel it what's special about it is that i remember josh you were in that spot mm. and like him and i used to travel home together from jmc because we li- didn't live too far at the time away from each other so we'd always travel together then you and ditched me and moved then, yeah then i i got sick of him so i got i got out of college but um no nah. <laughs> never man never um no but yeah josh was in the same spot he'd um vent to me and then we'd like kind of get back on track and everything like that and then when i was going through it i reached out to josh and then the same's happening with you you've reached out to us we want to help you you're helping us it's a win-win like we're always there for each other. That's the main thing. Yeah. That's the main thing here. Yeah. And then also like you guys knowing that if you're ever in a spot, you can reach out to me and I'll of help course, you as man. well. It's, totally. like, it's just so good that knowing that you have people that have your back. Well, it's like when we jumped on a call with Manny the yeah. other day. It's just like-minded people talking about their dreams, goals, films, just chatting shit. It's, yeah. it's, it's like therapy, man. And it also helps to have that support network mm-hmm. in the same kind of industry yeah. as well. Yeah, because yeah. some people don't get it, man. Well, that's the thing. Like, you can't really take advice from people who aren't in a place that you want to be because people can only give advice based on their life experience. I remember you told me that. Yeah. yeah I remember that. Yes. I've heard, I've taken that from somewhere. That's not my original thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, it's 100% true. Like, you know, if, if you ask someone who's in some random industry for advice, they're going to tell you how to get to where they got. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's not going to help you in the film industry. So, yeah. 100%. And do you want to go more into those kind of doubts that you've been having kind of with this whole situation? Because I th- we've kind of tackled now, you know, from high school to uni to now where you are. I mean, we've skipped over what you've done, but that's my next point to go on to. But before we go on to what you've actually done and what you do in the industry, like those doubts that you've been having recently, like what exactly, what are the main kind of things that come into your head when you have those kind of things? Um, it's very easy to compare yourself to other people. And I think this is one of the bad things about social media these days. It's just so easy to look at other people and be like, they're doing really well. But you've got to remember that people are only showing the best parts yeah. of their life. 
Um, yeah, so that's, you just got to like, I don't know, spend some time away from social media, try and get out of your head a little bit. Um, or like I was doing some research recently on just like, you know, filmmakers, like big filmmakers and how they've made it and stuff. And what I realized was that there's a lot of luck involved in them getting to where they are. And then that sort of discouraged me a bit. Cause I was like, you know, maybe I'm not as lucky as them. Um, cause it's like, not just, not only are these people super talented, um, like I was reading about Darren Aronofsky yep. and it's like, oh yeah, like he went to Harvard and then he made like a $60,000 film and it got into like Sundance or Have something. Have you seen his recent film though? <laughs> it's not like that. Yeah, but he's made some amazing films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Whale. Oh. It wasn't bad. Have you seen it? Yeah. Mm. It's all right. Yeah. It's just, it reads oh, like a play. We're having a debate right now. Huh? <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, and I've talked to people in the industry now and they're like, yeah, it's super hard to, you know, get a film into Sundance. Like you're really like you're one in a million if you're just making a film and just trying to submit it into Sundance with no like connections. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a bit discouraging. But then you also have to like realize that everyone has their own path. I was going to say that, man, everybody's different. Yeah. Well, you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. That's right? it. Yeah. So you can't compare yourself to other people. Not at all. Would but- you say that that's like one of your greatest challenges so far? overcoming that realizing that you know everybody has a different path and you're not like you shouldn't compare or yeah and then also just like feeling like you're not good enough as well like some you know if you have a bad experience on a set or something and you think and it's a bit scary because it's such a small industry it's worrying that if you stuff up like words gonna get around and then but i think all you can do is just try and do your best and like be nice to everyone as well because like yeah, people will talk and, you know, if you're a good person, people will want to work with you again. You know, people would, I think you, you actually get further if you're a good person who's less talented than like a talented asshole. Yeah. Exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. You, you've said it perfectly, man. And when it, tracking back to the comparing thing and the luck thing, like everybody has their own ways to get into this industry and stuff. Have you, have you seen all this stuff about Raka Raka recently? No. Do you know who Raka Raka is? Yeah, yeah. You still so, love the videos. Yeah, they grow up doing videos and stuff. Their first feature film got into Sundance. Really? A24 bought it. What? And now they're distributing it worldwide. Really? And they've had meetings this week. They got offered Scary Movie 6. I did hear about that. They've had yeah. meetings with DC. Oh. They've had meetings with um, Lionsgate, all these different distribution. It takes one. One movie, man. Yeah. And like, yeah, it might not seem like a massive thing, but like these guys started on YouTube. Like, yeah. And all they had was passion. And again, I've, and I've said this before, I'm not going to go into it again, but I think in this industry, especially where we are now, you need to have a bit of delusional optimism. Um, and that takes a lot like to get in the first place. I'm lucky that I, I don't know, I, like I said before, I don't think too far ahead. Um, because there's no, there's no point because we don't know where we're going to be. We don't know where we're going to be. But like you said, at the end of the day, all you can do is give your best and try. And, you know, if we get there, we get there. And if we don't, we don't, we honestly don't know what the future holds. But I truly, truly believe if you are that passionate about something and you keep making, you will attract, you know, all the successes that you'll get. I'll get into that in the progress, but that's kind of why I want to make what Dan has signed on to, and I'll go into that in the progress. But I was saying, who was I saying it to? I can't remember. It might have been you or Emmanuel or both you together or just Manuel. I'm not sure. 
But I remember what you said about Ryan Johnson. Just create, 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 and you'll attract. And I've just looked at that and gone, my whole mantra is bet on yourself. And that fits perfectly into that. Yeah. So why not just give it a crack? Because like we've been saying, if you make it, you make it. If you don't, you don't. But at the same time, it's the people you meet along the way. It's the yeah. things you've made that you can all look back on and just go, that was such a good time. Like I, I've been in this room right now thinking about how we all cheered when we got a one take. That was that was magical. Like that was awesome. And just seeing everything come to life and the people that were in the room. Like the thing was the camera was facing this way. Sorry for all the audio listeners, but <laughs> facing a certain way. And then you can only see stuff on the screen. But then to just the right of it and just above it, there's a light just above it that if the camera tilted up just the slightest bit, you would have seen it. And then to the right the entire crew was back there like that's the things you don't get but like people look back on set and be like oh yeah we were just there like even on Fetty's film um broken record do you remember have you watched broken record yeah so at the premiere oh well i wasn't there so that's uh, but there's a shot of um ray sitting behind the counter and there's like a little shelf josh and i are right behind that do you remember that because I was continuity and you and I were sitting right behind the thing. If you went like, because you were on the left, if you just went like that, Josh is in full frame. Like we were literally hidden by the tiniest thing, but because we were out of frame, it doesn't matter. But that's like the things like right now I'm looking back on and going, mm. that was awesome. So it's all about that kind of stuff. People you meet, the stuff you've made and the memories it creates. That's the most special thing. As well, you know, we're working towards a goal, right? And we all want to reach the top. Right. And if you're, here's the thing, you can be focused on that as like a goal in which you want to get to. But if you're so focused on, I need to get into the industry, I need to do this, right? When you reach that point, you know, like I said last week, that sometimes is what fucks people even more up. They reach the top, they reach their goal and they're like, oh fuck, where do we go from here? Mm -hmm. If you're enjoying, you know, the process right now, you know, that's probably the best thing that you can do, you know, enjoy how this is developing you as a character, as a filmmaker. But in terms of saying that, I do understand when it comes to filmmaking, it's not cheap. And this is a thing that you were stressing about um, and your worries about it. And I I was wondering if you wanted to go more into that kind of thing and express like, you know, yeah, like you do want to create, but then again, you want to be careful where you put your money kind of thing. A hundred percent. And I think that's why you really have to put the effort in to make your film as good as you can, because you want it to be something that you get something out of it. Like, sure. We'd all love to, you know, make films, make whatever we want and stuff. But at the end of the day, if it's no good, no one's going to watch it. So like right now, like with the one I've been working on, I've been, I just want to get this script amazing before I start. Cause with some of my other films, I sort of would neglect the script a little bit. I would get more ambitious with like fancy camera angles and cool locations and stuff. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if the story's crap. I I, I um, fall into that trap as well. Yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. It's easy to get carried away. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think right now I'm just really focusing on the fundamentals of film and trying to make as good of a film as I can. And then, yeah. 
you've got the passion for it, man. And we can both tell because oh. like, I can definitely like the positions, like the down moments that you're in, like we've all been through. And I feel like you wouldn't have those down moments if you didn't care. Yeah. And you know, you're ki- you care, you're passionate. And you know, that's a reason why, you know, I mean me, I can probably speak for Austin as well. Why we signed on to the, like produce your film as well is because we believe in you and we believe that, you know, you can go places and, you know, I think, you know, meditation will help all the tools that you've mentioned will help kind of it's all about your mindset and where it's at and you've got to understand not every film you make is going to be great not every decision you make is going to be great but if you keep creating you'll get better as a filmmaker and then you know maybe one day you'll make it you know and um i think it's just about enjoying now and in like developing like you said the fundamentals of screenwriting filmmaking you know, cinematography whatever you want to do and just enjoying it falling in love with the craft without worrying where you want to be and if you fall in love with the craft, that means you'll create better. And when you create better and just create, like I said, you will attract. And I think kind of that's, that's kind of it, really. Yeah. I mean, everybody I has different, different ways that they're going to get into the industry. But I feel like it should be about, you know, developing as a filmmaker more so than getting into the industry. Because that's obviously if you become a filmmaker, that's where you want to, that's where you want to go. Yeah. Like you want to get into the film industry like you it's it's about developing and creating and then you know your luck it's a bit of luck a bit of talent a bit of connection it's a bit of everything you know um but it does help to get to sundance <laughs> well, how about how about um what was his character's name in babylon manny manuel yeah, how yeah. oh, he started <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah and the way, the journey he went on in that film like we just need to get on a set, ride a horse, firing a gun in the air at all the extras that are trying get to... Get shot on by an elephant. Exactly. Like, yeah. exactly. Um, but you know what? I think we've kind of touched on the challenges and stuff like that. With, with what you have made, right? You've made a couple shorts. Um, I watched them all last night, even the ones you sinned. I still um, haven't watched them. Really? But yeah. Oh, yeah, on my website. Your website, yeah, brother. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I want to actually talk about Calibre for a second, right? Mm. I want to know specifically what it's like working with an armorer and what that whole process is especially when you have a kid firing a gun on set what was that whole process like um it's not that are they expensive yeah (laughs) (laughs) but that's the worst part of it really like other than that like it's it's fine like as long as you have a good armorer they usually just show you like all the safety stuff and they show the crew as well like you know this is what you do. Don't point the gun at anyone, blah, blah, blah. Which Alec um, Baldwin did not listen to. And now look what's happening. Yes, <laughs> yes. There's a 60-minute story coming out on him that I'm really keen to watch. He just got charged, charged for manslaughter. So, really? Sorry. Anyway, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Please. Um, but yeah, they just, they, they walk you through it. And then, yeah, that's, I mean, there's not really too much else to say. Um, the, the armorer was good in the sense that he actually helped me with directing a little bit. So there's this one scene where... Um, the kid in my film was the main character was firing a gun, but it yeah. was at the rabbit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's at the very start. So yeah, I think okay. the gun was actually aimed like towards the camera. So oh, we God. didn't, or like near it. So yeah. we didn't want to actually You're not allowed to have blanks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to like have the actor like recoil realistically. And I was trying to like explain to him how to do it. This is another thing with film school. They tell you like certain rules but sometimes you need to break those rules. And when you're first learning, you don't know like how to break them in a way that's appropriate. Um, so one of the things they told us at film school was like, oh, like, you know, never touch the actors or anything. So I was very cautious to like, you know, 
Yeah, touch this kid. That's it. Oh weird. my god, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> dude, that was you're gonna cut that up as a clip. No. <laughs> <laughs> get me cancelled. No, um, I was cautious to like you know yeah. do anything. I was just trying to explain to him, and he wasn't really understanding like what to do. Yeah. So the armorer was like, "Oh, let me help," and he just stepped in. And um, shout out to you, Dan Martin, if you're listening. Did a great job. Um, he put his hand like on the end of the gun and just like pushed it. Mm. So the kid could feel like the recoil. Oh, yeah, that's cool. And after that, he like understood and he did it and it was great. That's oh. so, that's yeah. that's almost like um when they tell you, you can't, I mean, I kind of agree with this, but you can't tell actors how to deliver a line. Yeah, exactly like that. You tell them the intention Sometimes you need it, to. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. with like non-actors and stuff. You need to like show them a little bit more. 100%. Yeah. So. I, I, I kind of know exactly how that feels with um, directing your mum here. Because um, obviously... Some, well, I don't know. Has Simone ever acted before? No, no. And I could tell she was a bit stressed about delivering the lines and stuff like that. And then when she forgot, it's, um, it's like, I'm so sorry I forgot. I'm like, it's cool. Let's just go again. Like, we've got time. Like, just roll with it. Like, you know, it's just about making them comfortable. And in your case, just kind of showing them, you know, what to do, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. Is an armor worth it? Because what are yeah, the rules yeah. exactly with guns on screen? Do you know? Because I have an idea, but... Uh, if you're going to have any weapons on screen, I'd just get an armor. I wouldn't risk not for, having one. For mine, because Lexi's like, yeah, you need an armor unless you show that it's like completely fake or something. But how are you going to yeah, show no. that it's fake and have it look realistic on screen? That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you need to show the little red plastic thing. I don't know what, really like the CGI rules about it. it. Out? But, huh? And then like CGI it out or I, what? I'm not sure because if somebody watches the film and... You know, it goes big, especially, and they don't see an armor in the film, and they also don't see that, you know, it's a fake gun. Apparently, they can go like charge off. I mean, do you want to risk that though? Like, that's the thing. Armor is a fucking expensive. Yeah, but everything in film is, bro. What about the cameras? What about the locations? Like, you know, what I mean? unless that's you got a, a you know little in on camera hire, can give you a discount. You know, then. <laughs> yes. That was exactly what I was about to say. When it comes to that, if you know someone who can work around it, you're laughing. That is true. And you're yeah. right. Everything is expensive in this industry. Yeah. So why not? Why not just deal with the prices? Mm. You know what I mean? In some cases. There you go. Well, I think we have one more question before we lead into our next topic. Do you know what it is? Well, any on-set crazy experience any crazy on-set experiences that you can talk about or one that sticks out to you most because for me just while you think about it i don't I, we might have all been in your brother's room when that um well this is just kind of a funny memory that i remember but um that light was rolling off the desk and it was like that far off the ground, but Lockie dove from across the side of the room and just got it. Were you in the room when that happened? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, and we all lost our shit. Like yeah. that, was, that was like a classic catch. That was from... awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, that's like one that sticks out to me. Do you have any from your sets that you've directed or any um, sets you've been on? I sort of just have like <laughs> moments where things got like a bit hectic and yeah. then like, tell us, you know, like beef between people. <laughs> on set. I remember beef. Yeah. Oh, all the time there's beef between people. Um, on, I remember on my first film, this is not beef, but like, <laughs> I was just getting really anxious. Is this a uh, nightlight? Yeah. Yeah. Did you like it? I did. I can tell like it was your first film and yeah. I broke. The, the growth between that and Calibre oh, do you is think insane. So? Oh, I'm thanks, man. Today. Yeah. At work, I'm watching them, I promise you. Appreciate that. Um, yeah. 
because it was all our first year of film school, so we we're all a little bit inexperienced. And like the first AD, um, Callan, if you're listening, love you. Um, <laughs> he he wasn't too organized with the shots. We didn't really know like what we we're doing too much. Um, and then like I, I got really stressed out because we were like really behind and like I was feeling anxious. I like, couldn't eat and stuff. <laughs> and then I remember at one point I just like <laughs> lay down on the floor and I was like. Like, this is like when we try to set up for a shot. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> My DP is like, get up. We're going to shoot this. I'm like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> but you, you get through it and you get it all done. And, all right, that's right. Actually, I do have a really funny story. Tell us. Also on that film. So <laughs> we were kind of, we were filming in an Airbnb and we we're moving things around a lot. <laughs> like just like pot plants, like carpet and stuff. Yeah. And I think at the end of, I think we like chucked this big rug outside, just threw it outside, like on the ground, oh, gosh. On the grass. And then um, before we left, because we were there for like two days or two, three days, um, we were sort of like going to pack things. Up. I think something got broken, like a pot plant or something got broken. And then the owner of the Airbnb comes and he's pissed. He's like, oh, like I've never had someone like disrespect the property like this yeah. before. Um, like you've broken things, all this stuff. And I was like so tired by that point. I was just like, oh, sorry, man. Like, you know, like, what do you want me to do about it kind of thing? And then um, his wife comes and she's like, oh, it's fine. Like, don't worry about it. And then immediately he backs down. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then she gave me a five-star review on Airbnb. <laughs> she's really? like very respectful of the property. Wow. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> Fuck, yeah. that's funny man that's funny i i got a question though right so mm-hmm. you've are you a director or a cinematographer right now i want to specialize in directing yeah, yeah. but i also like i dabble in cine so i do both yeah what do you, so what do you prefer though what, what do you find you more more gravitate towards i think because this is something i was tossing up for a long time because you were setting up the cameras for us today and we didn't even ask <laughs> that's what we i usually mean, just like... switch them straight on but you were flicking the shutter speed yeah. and shit like that we're like all right all right i mean the thing is like i love the whole film process like i'll edit i'll write I'll, like i like doing everything um i think that's why i like directing though because i have like i'm a bit of a jack of all trades kind of person so i like to look over the whole process and be like i can look at something and be like this needs to be like this this needs to be like that um that's why i'm sort of called towards directing but i also love like cinematography like yeah. it just it's so satisfying to see a shot that looks crisp and like how you imagined it like oh, yes yeah. when everything when the stars align it's it's yeah. amazing so yeah I, I love both i love everything all right dan your biggest goal in this industry what is it my friend yeah, what are you um, towards? honestly i think to be able to make a living off filmmaking that's the goal for me i think that's when i would be satisfied how about is there a particular film filmmaker you know somebody that inspires you that you look up to um yeah i have like heaps of filmmakers i really like damien chazelle that's why i loved the babylon premiere um denis villeneuve talking my talking my language yeah. now you're talking Lockie's language yeah. <laughs> i think i had a chat to him about that on stage oh, that's gonna and fuck we'll... the mics off austin <laughs> oh sorry everyone yeah. um, um how about I'm film sorry. Top film of all time. Oh, Goodwill Hunting is my favorite movie. <sighs> so good, eh? And Whiplash is my second favorite. How about La La Land? I do like La, La- Okay, so I was thinking about my favorite <laughs> order of Damien Chazelle films. Mm-hmm. I reckon um, they get worse as they get released. Okay. So, like, they're still obviously... So, Whiplash, La La Land, Babylon. Yep. Yeah, so I would say... How about oh, Guy and also, Madeline in the Park? Um, do you know about that one? Okay. 
Is that even available for like public? Uh, it might be on YouTube. I'm not too sure. Right. Okay. I'll have to watch that one. Yeah. So like, I would say Whiplash is like a ten out of ten for me, probably. Um, La La Land is a nine. Me. First, yeah. Man First Man is an eight, and yep. then Babylon is a seven. That's how I'd rank them. Seven. Well, that's right. generous for Babylon. Well, yeah. I was saying to you the other oh, day. That sorry, my headphones. Just <laughs> I was saying to Josh the other day. The more I think about Babylon, the better it got. What's What's changed? I, I think I just appreciated it more. Because when and you can vouch for this because we're all at the premiere together. Like um, the longer the night went on, like Josh and I, in our case, we were sitting there going, "All right, like we're so far behind schedule. Like let's put the movie on now because it's three hours and nine minutes. Like hurry up, let's get this going." And so then by the time the movie came on, and I was like enthralled with it, and then it got to a point where I was like, "All right, I'm bored." And then I could tell Josh was out of it because he was starting to ask questions about what happened. And then you're kind of just like, all right, come on. And then you want the movie to end. You're like, oh, it didn't end there. And then the more it went on, I was like, all right, like I'm kind of exhausted. But now I've had time to think about it, sit with me. I've seen other people's thoughts on it, watched clips on it. I'm like, yeah, you know what? It was actually a really good movie. Yeah, you would get influenced by other people's opinions and not have your own original opinions. Well, I do have my own original opinion about it, but it wasn't that other people's things influenced me. It was I appreciated more of the craft in the film. Yeah. If that's... I need to watch it again before I make my final things because I don't want to have a seizure for the last hour again. That was fast. <laughs> yeah. Can I talk about the premiere for a sec? Let's yes. do it, mate. So I found that so inspiring because like... So did I. Yeah. It was just so fun to be in an environment with mm-hmm. just like, you know, other filmmakers and TikTokers and whatnot. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, let's not. <laughs> inspiring to be in a room with TikTokers. Are you serious? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, but um, like, don't like doing it, guys. I want a snake on <laughs> Guys, a hundred likes and we'll get a snake charm. Oh my god, what? There's gonna be a snake. Oh, the host has to wear it around his leg. No, no, snake. Oh my goodness. Sorry. Um, sorry, but yeah, like I was pretty close up to the stage. I was in like maybe like the fourth row from the front or something like that. Um, and just like seeing Margot come on stage and like the other actors and just seeing them talk, you realize like they're just normal people that are yeah, in front of you. And it's so inspiring because you're like, if they can do it, why can't I kind of do it? And then I also had this feeling there inside me where I was like, I don't want to let people forget about me. Like I want to make a presence in the film industry. And then that's when I made like my new Instagram account. Follow me guys, Dan legacy. the director underscore. <laughs> Well, I thought that was your main one. I was like, am I not following No, I've got it. Yeah, and I've I got followed it. But then I think you posted something on your other one. And I was like, well, Dan's bamboozled me here. Yeah. Like, what the- <laughs> What's going on here? No, I agree with you. You know, that, and that's what I, that's why I say, you know, all throughout, all throughout um, uni, he used to get pissed at me, but he would come to me with these ideas of his films. I'm like, yeah, but what makes a difference? He'd come to me uh, with a yes. boxing film every two weeks, right? And I'm like, yeah, cool, but like how many fucking boxing films have been done, bro? Like what makes a difference? You want to make it different, right? You want to make something different, whether it's you're an actor, or you give a performance that's different, or like a Nolan, for example. You know, you want to have your own unique voice. You want to leave a legacy. You want to, for me, it's creating a film that the discussion doesn't stop after the film finishes yes. and you leave the cinema and you forget about it. For example... We're still talking about to this day. Does that spinning top, is that going to fall over? Is that still spinning, man? Like stuff like that. You know, you want to leave a legacy and I kind of understand. Is that what you're kind of like? 100%. Yeah. yeah. I think it's also, it's not always about the film idea. It's about the execution of it. Because a lot of great films, like you look up the 
plot summary and it's like oh like i don't know take prisoners for example mm. oh, it's like a little film. girl goes missing and the dad's trying to find her very simple but mm. the movie is like phenomenal just my gosh yeah is that fincher no, no that's uh villeneuve oh villeneuve yeah i yeah, hope yeah, i'm not yeah, butchering yeah, his yeah. name sorry i don't know why i thought it was fincher <laughs> yeah. um was there anything else you wanted to add before we move on awesome uh nah not really i think we've gone over yeah no nah, i think it's you need to leave your mark you need to well follow in other footsteps to a degree but put your own spin on it like i look at um glass onion for you've watched glass onion yeah. right yeah we've all watched glass onion like that movie you like it loved it yeah, yeah i think great. it's better than the first one yeah. um like that movie is full of cliches but with brian johnson's twist on yes. it, and he's done it his way and that's like to my point followed in footsteps but with your own take on it and people talk about it people realize and people notice and that's kind of the point i'm trying to make is put your own spin on whatever it is you you want to make and what you want to see yep so yeah happy to move on sweet all right so that was actually the dependent variable we did that first and i think we're going to move on to the wrap-up of the week all right so you've listened you probably know what the wrap-up is um about we're going to talk about the films and tv shows that we um saw during this week um, Austin, you didn't really have much time last week to kind of uh, watch anything, but I did see you saw a phenomenal five out of five film called Rambo Last Blood oh, yeah. on your letterbox this week. Um, you want to touch on that? I don't. I don't even want to talk about it. Really, it. Have you Have you seen it? No. You haven't seen it. Don't because the minute that film opened and the way it was in, straight away, I was like. The studio green lit this. The story and the character is done, but they just wanted to give it the like modern day, um, like cinematic production value and experience. And you could tell that there was like, do you know, like for example, when um, either Marvel or DC have gotten in the way of a director's vision and you can just tell that it's not good. That's happened with Rambo across the entire film. And it. I was there for like violent, gory kills, but even they're watered down a little bit. And the films are 18 plus. Like, and then, duh, I just, I don't, you, you have to watch it to experience it and you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but it just was not good. And sliced alone is oh, terrible. There was a shot where he's trying to intimidate someone and you can just tell the difference in like plastic surgery versus natural. The guy that he's talking to is all natural and Sly's a different color. Like he's a different color. I was like, that's bad. But it got green lit. People watched it and went, yes, that's going like put that up. And the rest of the film was just, oh, it's no good. No good at all. Don't don't watch it. Was I, there anything good that you watched? Please tell me you watched Emily in Paris. No, I didn't. I told you to. I Let me tell you. I told my missus last night that. Josh has asked me to watch Emily in Paris for the podcast. She goes, so why? Bad. Why? I'm like, I don't know, but I don't know if I can bring myself to do it. So I went on Netflix last night and I went, I typed in Emily in Paris and I went over and I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do this. And so I started another show. It's called The Recruit. Have you heard of that? Oh, with um, 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 um fucking Adam, Adam Smasher. Smasher. Uh, what's Didn't his re- name? Noah. S- Noah Santiano. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And when I saw him, I was like, I know that name. Where have I seen him before? And so, you know, quick Google saw it was Adam Smasher. And I was like, ah, how good. 
but that that series is good. It's actually the guy from To All the Boys I Loved Before, but sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, good. I'm I'm sort of like hooked on that. They've announced another season, so it's my kind brother of really liked good. that as well. Did he? Which one? It, it, the recruit. One? Yeah, which one? Oh, which one? Uh, James. Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Good taste, James. you got to watch Emily in Paris. It's so bad, but I want your take on it. Like, just the first episode is 20 minutes. I, but that's the thing. It's going to feel like an hour 20. Bro, you watch The Grey Man. You can fucking sit through one episode of Emily in Paris. I think I might watch it. Have you noticed how much he brings up The Grey Man? I don't. He oh. does. <laughs> should I Should I give my take on The Grey Man? Please, oh, please. 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 Do it. Yeah, I didn't like it, eh? Oh! <laughs> Sorry, that, that peak. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I don't. Wait, care. have we spoken about this, Austin? No, because oh. you told me you might not like you might not like my take on it. But I was like, hey, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Please tell us your take on the Grey Man, Dan. I just thought, okay, so I think action movies have been ruined a little bit for me because of movies like um, The Raid and John Wick, just because they're so good, so well choreographed, ask so Josh, entertaining. Ask Josh how much of The Raid he's watched. Oh God, how much? I, I was telling you before this podcast that I have commitment issues when it comes to certain Answer video question, games. Josh. I have that same with certain movies. And The Raid, I think I've seen about one one quarter of it. It's fantastic. Yeah. But I just haven't finished it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good though, hey. Like, oh, 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 wait, and the Austin, second one. Do you like the second one? Yeah, I love yeah. the second Austin, one. Austin, wait, wait. <laughs> You said that the Grey Man was one of the best movies you've ever seen, right? No, I didn't. You did, bro. I you never said okay, it. it was. You did say that. What's better, the Raid or the Grey Man? The Raid. Good. If you did it, I was going to kick you off the podcast. <laughs> but did the action not feel a bit boring to you in in the Grey Man? There were some scenes that stuck out to me, like some of the set pieces. The way that the way that the whole trade sequence, me, yeah, that. But the way Ryan Gosling acted yeah. in these situations was what did it for me. Right. That's why I love the Grey Man. Yeah, that's fair. But he's always good. So. But please, go I, on I do take. like the fight at the end. Yes, the fist fight yeah, with the knives good. and stuff. Yeah, it was. It was um, I also like the beginning. Like, is it on New Year's Eve or something? And yes, then, like, with the fireworks. That yeah, was no, really that was nicely good. shot. And you know what took me out of that is the scene where he's getting recruited. And they're just in that fucking random cell. And it's just so bland. Because it's the grey... <laughs> yeah, it's the grey area. Hey, bro, it's so... Look, man, it's, it's all right. Do you not understand that it's the grey, man? It's the grey area. So that was, like, in between legal and, like, illegal. That's the grey area. Oh, That's why you're he's still, fucking grey, You're man. still talking about grey, man. You would bring it up and it's talk like, about it, wouldn't oh. you? Smack you with a chair or something. I think the the Continue. scene where I checked out was when he gets trapped in that guy's basement or whatever, and then when he escapes and he's mm, I don't know the action felt before. very like. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just intentionally pissing you off now. Do you know which scene I I'm talking about? I did not hear what you said, but yes, I do. Yeah, I don't know the way he gets out. Just oh, it doesn't like follow. Do you know what I expected well. there? You know when what? the water blows up, I yeah. fully expected him to like come out like <laughs> land. Like yeah. <laughs> Superhero landing. Yeah. yeah. But no, look, I've, I love it. I understand other people don't. I don't hold it against them. Like, um, But yeah, it's just a movie that clicked for me and yeah, no, that's fair. that. That's fair. Yeah, 100%. But just note that I didn't bring it up. Josh did. Uh, okay. That's right. It's a decent film. Um, what have you seen this week, Dan? If anything. Or your latest film. Oh, actually, seen? speaking of what you said about like watching 10 minutes of a film and then not getting around it. I started watching The Rover. 
Oh, you've seen what's that, that movie? about? No. It's like a, I think it's a post-apocalyptic film mm-hmm. by Dave Michaud. Mm. You know, Animal Kingdom. Yes. Yeah. Yep. How yep. good is that movie? Yep. Um, so I was like, oh, see, I'm sorry, love have you this seen story. the TV series? No, I haven't, but I heard it's, it's good. good. Yeah. Um, Robert Pattinson's in The Rover as well. Really? Um, so I started watching it and like, I don't know, wasn't in the right mood for it. Mm-hmm. So couldn't get into it, but yeah, I'll get around always, to it. It's always about what kind of mood you're in. Yeah. Um, talking about post-apocalyptic, are you watching The Last of Us at the moment? Yes, yes. That last episode, have you seen it? Yeah, so pretty different from the game. Yeah. Um, People I, are saying it's the best episode of television. No, no, I disagree. I, I, I really I like actually, the second episode. I, um... I actually agree. I think that last episode was absolutely perfect. Oh, really? I thought it was incredible. Such an amazing story. I know it's different from the game. I never played the game, um, but I then went back and watched how it played out in the game. Mm. I thought it was like the most amazing, tragic love story that we've seen. But also just, I don't know. It's just, for some reason, it just clicked with me and it was just incredible. I'm loving that show. It's good. It's, it's grown on no me. No wonder it's number one in the world at the moment. Have like, you played the second game? Yeah, I've played both. No the spoilers. first game is my favorite game of all time. Nice. Yeah. So you know how in episode three they told a different character story? Yeah, yeah. You know, in the second game, yeah, the way yeah. it goes. I'm not saying I'm being broad with spoilers, but I was talking oh, to Lockie about this. Yeah. Oof. I actually, Season you know two what? Rolls around. I think Oof. I think they might have to recast Ellie. For if they do the oh, second game, because I can't picture Bella Ramsey as I can't picture Bella Ramsey as Ellie in Game Two. She's like, well, she grows up in Game Two. Yeah, Little well, that too. Yeah, and the actress would look the same. But yeah, some of the things she does in that game is like you're in for a treat. Season yeah. two, I promise you. Yeah, look, see, I don't even know how the Last of Us ends. I don't know how the game ends. Oh, so you're in for a treat. I'm in yeah, for a treat, man. But what worries me, actually, I don't want to say this because I don't want to see you guys' facial reactions to yeah, what I was going to say. say. Um. <laughs> <laughs> there's been you know what oh no I'm not even going to shut my eyes because I'm going to no. you know what I'm not going to say it um, the rover sorry you were talking about yeah. it. was there anything else that you saw this week um, what else have I been watching I've been watching like episodes of things that I've been meaning to get around to mm-hmm. like I watched an episode of Community I've been watching yes. that slowly <laughs> yep, yep. That um, and then I've been watching The Sopranos a bit as well which is really good yes yes, yes I just yes. I take my time with shows until I get to like the last season and then I mm. just destroy it that's fair I've been watching um, I watched the whole first season of Ted Lasso oh yeah I've heard good things Fan- pardon me fantastic one of my favorite characters of all time, like ever written. Just he's such a likable person, man. Mm-hmm. Like he's the definition of delusional optimism. I love it. He's just that the whole show is fantastic as well. Like you've seen little bits and pieces about, you know, soccer movies, soccer shows and stuff like that. Sorry, football um, over, you know, the history of filmmaking. But this is it's different and it's funny and it's just Easy to watch, 30-minute episodes, man. Smash through the first season. I'm on the second season now. And just lovable characters, lovable storyline. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's. I've seen both seasons. Loved them. It's funny. It's sad. It's beautiful. Just characters you love. Story you love. Mm. Like, it's awesome. I love Ted Lasso mm. so much. Mm. Are you going to watch it, Dan? Is that one that you're getting around to? Maybe. Yeah? We'll see. What are some shows that you're getting around to watching? Um... I've got to recommend for you after this. Yeah. Oh, I was going to watch that one you were talking about with um, the one that's on Apple TV. Severance? Yeah, yeah. I was going to watch that. That sounds really you cool. You are in for a treat. Yeah. That, that, oh, 
I can't even explain it. You just have to watch. Yeah, it's a bit hard to explain, but mm. it's awesome. Can yeah. I recommend a show for you guys? Mm-hmm. Have you mm-hmm. watched Bojack Horseman? No. Yes, <laughs> I've had to watch it at work. Cause <laughs> have we you get, finished we've it? Got in, I've seen, bro, my, my watching with that. So at work, we get in all these episodes, like different times and stuff like that. And we got in all the seasons of Bojack Horseman. And it depends whether I picked it up or somebody else picked it up and watched it because we all preview shows at work. So there was a time where there was just so many Bojack Horsemans that we had to watch. I know, what a tough job. But um, <laughs> like, yeah, I was having to watch all these Bojack. I've seen bits and pieces throughout all of the seasons. So Aaron Paul. Oh, he's in my two favorite shows of all time. Breaking so Bad. Breaking Bad and Bojack. Mm. Yeah. I think Bojack is the best thing that Netflix has put out. Really? It's, yeah, What's like, because how much have you watched? So just have you just seen random episodes? So like the, at the start, like the first six episodes or whatever, it's sort of like, it's a bit of a weird show. Like the, the humor is a bit off kilter and it just, it seems to fall a bit flat and you're like, oh, this is a weird show. But then there's a certain episode where something happens and you're like, oh, like I understand like what this show is about. Yeah. And then you just keep watching, keep watching. And by the end, you're like, that was so profound and like just the themes in it like it just for people in our industry it's very i think you'll really connect with it if you yeah, watch it i i i know i have in the episodes that i have watched yeah. will arnett's bloody bojack hey? yeah oh he's amazing <laughs> so good have you have you watched it you i haven't watched it no i haven't but i'll get around to it what was your recommendation alice in borderland because i finished it season two because i remember i told you i didn't there's an overarching mystery the entire time of the show and the way it ends i didn't see it coming and like it was a great great way to wrap up the show and it suggests cliches but then granted how the stories go it was excellent writing like it's one of, i reckon it's one of my favorite shows of all time now based on how it ended um the way that they executed the mystery I was so happy with because I was fearful that they were going to go down a certain path, but they went down it and then went, oh no, we're just lying. And then they did another thing. You're like, fuck off if that's it. Like they were playing with you. And then when they um, executed it, you're kind of like, well done. Well fucking done. And it makes sense. So if you guys... Give him a little pitch. I don't know. Have you heard of my little pitch? No, go, go. So Alice in Borderland is... uh, Japanese show um, that consists of three mates who are upon like the recap of the ending of season two, they don't just go into a train station bathroom. They're actually getting chased by the police. They get chased into a bathroom and they hide and then everything goes quiet. They come back out into Tokyo Square and everyone everyone's gone. And then night time falls and there's certain places that are lit up. So they're obviously attracted to the light because they're like people are there, obviously. And then a bunch of people are waiting inside a room and then they register for games. And then when they go in, the game gets explained to them and then they all realize quickly that these games consist of life and death. And it's a bit like Squid Game vibes. A bit, yeah. but they did this before Squid Game. Right. But I'm not saying Squid Game copied them because they're both totally different yeah. in their own rights. Yeah, you but... are saying that. You told me before that like Squid Game copied them. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. But um, no, um, Alice in Borderland, one of my favorite shows of all time, but I don't want to hype it up too much. And then you guys have this preconception going in. I want you guys to do it in your own. Yeah, that's the thing. There's mixed things about everything. So, you know, take it how you will. And like, you know, if it's not for you, it's not for you. If it is, it is. But please let me know what you think because it's up there as one of my favorite shows of all time. Nah, to be honest, I think I'm just going to watch Emily in Paris. Oh <laughs> my God. <laughs> 
Just just for Lily Collins. You know what? When we're doing Dan's pre-production stuff after this, I'm putting it on the first episode and making it. Yeah, let's it. do it. Right, oh, done. Um, okay, so now we are at the final segment of the podcast, uh, the progress. Um, yes. Austin, go. Okay, so Dan is actually a part of my progress. I, okay, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I'm here. Good. Dan is actually a part of my progress this week, and I'll tell you why after I touch on Stain. So, Stain... Last week, I didn't have a lot to report on because I was just saying that scheduling is a bit of an issue and like trying to organize calls and stuff. And granted, I just worked seven overnight shifts. It was a bit hard. But this week, I knuckled down and I actually listened to our most recent episode and there was that checklist you gave me. And I remember when I was listening to it and you were saying you need to do this, 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 I was like, done it, done it, done it, done it. So I'm like, awesome. So Call with Teague has been had and he has the storyboards and he's coming up with a style guide for the animation sequence and then him and I are meeting up in person to kind of have a day similar to when we storyboarded the live action stuff and then after that and the animators on board because I've spoken to him, all three of us are going to jump on a call together and see what we can actually animate and everything like that and then from there we're going to separate and go out different ways to get what we need to begin the animation. So that's in motion now and I'm so happy with it so so happy with it mm-hmm. um i've gone through and outlined the key beats of the animation sequence and things and i've started to come up with shot ideas for the animation mm-hmm. that i'm going to pitch to the animator as well see if you can achieve them and stuff like that and i'm enjoying the process again like it's gotten to a point where i am now like i just want to get back into this does dan know about his mate yeah yeah, yeah. Jeff- i'm the one that suggests yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, and Jeffrey's been so patient with me because there's been so many times I'm like, sorry, bro, can we jump on a call tomorrow night or a bit later? Like I'm just doing something. He's like, yeah, bro, no worries. He's I'm the like, best guy. Oh, he's, he's so good. So, Love you, Jeff. He literally, yeah. he's told us, he's like, yeah, I can animate this whole thing by myself, but it might take a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said that if he did it by himself a year, if he had a team, six months. So we want to get him a team. Um, but yeah, and then I'm just trying to source an animation team. I've laid little seeds here and there to kind of get the ball rolling on that. Um, I actually have my first editing session with Lockie tomorrow of the live action stuff. So that's happening. We're kicking off bright and early in the morning and we'll just chip away at it all day. Um, and that's about it with Stain, but I'm falling in love again with the uh, pre-production process of this. Choreography. Work in progress still. Mm. Nothing. What's happening with that? Like what's the hold up? Communication and scheduling mm-hmm. is just yeah he's busy i'm trying to work around it just communication is the thing that's blocking it but i'm being persistent and this weekend i'll get a final answer and if not i'll have to look somewhere else or do it yourself in the backyard or do it myself yes. that's what heaps of um people do just, just do it yourself you don't really if you're if you're planning it out in your storyboards mm beforehand what's even the point of the choreographer yeah that's the thing i i'm really thinking about it and then it's like maybe not or maybe i don't need him but we'll see what um jeffrey says and we'll go from there you could even get cooper to come in and do the beats of which you're talking about yeah. which will help the animator even more mm, 100%. You know? yeah there's lots of things like I, when i've been doing this animation process i've actually been thinking of different ways around stuff like 
without the choreography. Mm. So yeah, it's just about whatever happens and I'm going to adapt and overcome and figure it out. That's essentially Nothing it. from Kevin yet? Nothing from Kevin yet. Nothing from Kevin. Nothing from my, um, my guy <laughs> at um, Entropico either. Um, How about work? Work, I asked yesterday. He's put out some messages. So oh, really? So I'll wait to see if he's got stuff today cool. um, over the weekend. But if not, then yeah, I'm just trying to find people. Mm. That's the thing. I'm just trying to find people. And like I've asked Jeffrey... He says he doesn't know anyone because it's been a while since he's done this kind of stuff. I'm like, fair enough, bro. Like, if anything pops up, please. Um, but yeah, it's just trying to find people. Mm. So no, fair enough. Um, well, how's this checklist looking? So at the end of Feb, you need to have a call with Teague, Jeff, and Aaron. Um, so Aaron can start the animatic, mm-hmm. right? Is that going to happen soon? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, you got to have the film choreography. Um, like done whether that's you or old mate um you need to have all storyboards complete like you said with teague you need to have i want the in real like life cut with Lockie done by the end of feb because it should not take so long and i know it's been scheduling conflicts and stuff but bro it's about five minutes of footage like there's he's already got an assembly cut all he needs to do is take your notes which you're going to give to him and mm-hmm. you guys are going to edit it and get it done by the end of february and we see. need the team of animations locked in see yeah should happen. I'm working on it. All right, cool. Cool, cool, cool. We'll leave you to last because then we'll go into your stuff. Um, <clears throat> I've had a lot of progress Please this week, actually. Um, so, like I said, we've, I've basically got the cast sorted. I'm waiting till the 10th to let everybody know whether they've got their roles or not. Um, I've, like, done callbacks of get people to send in more self-tapes. Um, definitely locked in most of the cast except for, like, one or two. Um, me and Lexi going location wrecking next Thursday. We have, I think we're going to try to, so we have a location scout like booked in with castle or not castle rays yet to be booked in, but we're going to do them early at like eight 30. Then we have a meeting with St. Andrew's college at 12 and we're getting shown around their premise for the exterior and stuff. I'll show you photos afterwards. Yep. Then at three 30, we have a meeting with Cropley. Um, and they're showing us around their venue. Um, Cropley's a wedding venue. And fuck me, super expensive. <laughs> like, holy shit. So we're just trying to... Because I had a call with James and we have one more scene to do. Is that um, No, 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 no. That, I'll get to that. So I had a meeting with James. Yeah, so we've done all scenes except the ballroom scene in terms of like me running him through my storyboards and him creating a shot list and stuff like that. Um, so we have that last scene to do, um, uh, Lexi's back. So I spent a whole day with her last week and she was going through everything. We've got Kieran locked in for sound, um, depending on whether or not he gets a big paid job. (laughs) That's that, that was his thing. Um, which is fair, fair enough. Um, we have, uh, well, Lexi came and she's just doing all this shit in front of me like inquiring to all these places and stuff like that which I will mention we've got inquired we've inquired and got some madness fucking things back like we we so Lexi was so against inquiring to Curzon Hall but she did it without even knowing she, through one of these like location websites and it said it, it didn't say Curzon Hall it said the manor 
right? Oh. And she inquired. She said, look at this place I just inquired. I'm like, yeah, that's Curzon Hall. She's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> right, came back to us and they want to charge us $10,000. So oh, we're like... Oh, snap. No. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, uh, what other places? Cropley's, in, like, low, Lexi negotiated. They want to charge us 3000 for a day, which I'm not too happy about. Um... Well, it's not that bad if you effectively... It's not that bad if you effectively execute your time and work efficiently. Do you agree? Mm. <laughs> How do you mean? Elaborate on that. Like if you started at literally the crack of dawn and worked mm. entirely... Yeah, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. it's going to all be done in one day, but if you got most of the work done in one yeah. day, but then again, that comes down to... Then again, the this also comes down to yeah. my pocket. <laughs> well, like, do they have, when they say you have it for a day, is that a certain amount of hours? Yes. Yeah, how many hours? Um, I think crop. so Cropley, we need to, so, okay, this is how it's looking. Two days for the ballroom, one day for the desert, and James wants to do one full day for the hall room, sorry, the hallway, the exterior, and the balcony. How are we going to shoot? I've changed it in the script that they actually enter the mansion in the afternoon. So what I have is we would film the hallway scene first in the crack of dawn because you don't really need to see the hallway and it'll still be like kind of light. Um, yeah, you can. And then we, after that, we'll go straight into the exterior scene, um, maybe midday or um, golden hour, film them entering the place. And then the balcony scene is at night. So then we film at night, yeah. right? But we're restricted. We're hoping that this San Andrews... Um, has a balcony because they definitely have a hallway and they definitely have the exterior or we're going to have to split it up into two days basically um, but that's a problem for later um, yeah. but yeah so we did this and then Lexi also was going through and has emailed a bunch of production designers and stuff she's like oh yeah I have this 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 I'm like Fucking doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I'm like, you are amazing. Um, so she's emailed a whole bunch of people um, to inquire because that's my number one priority now is to getting a good production designer on board, yep. like somebody that knows their fucking shit. Um, call I had this morning was with continuity, my continuity, because like, yeah, we've had continuity in the past, but it's usually been Jay. Um, with this film, I'm like, you need to be fucking like on on it with just so this this um this girl that Lexi's worked with before and she's really like like switched on gotcha. almost to the point that maybe it would be annoying but <laughs> you need that I need yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean so that's how that's how Lexi pitched yeah. her to me right and I had a meeting with her this morning okay, she cool. I can just tell like she switched on right um Very capable hands and by the sounds yeah. of your AD and continuity so post that again you're in capable hands of your AD and continuity. Yes. yes You've got exactly. Lucas as your AD. I've got you? Lucas. Yeah, yep. He's locked in. Um, yeah, so Kieran's locked in. I mean, I've got to check. Freddie's basically locked in for Boom Mop. Um, I think, I don't know what I have you as at the moment. It's either first or second. Second I, I, I'm not sure. I think a second because yeah. I have James. Who's your first? This is the thing. James is coming back to me. Uh, once he figures out, like once I, we go through all the scenes and stuff and we figure out, like he's going to tell me what, he needs like he'll tell me what crew he needs he'll tell me what equipment he's going to do everything for me um and then from then then i'll double confirm everybody right i got at the moment this is how it's looking i got james as dop uh hattie as first ac you as second i then have teague you 
and Lockie Laws as gifts, uh, gifts, yes. gaffs and grips, depending on if James needs all of them. Yeah, Teague said he's Teague said he's on board. Is he? If, he, if you need, so I I said it to him the other day because you know how as I, a grip or gaff. Yeah, really. Like I asked him because um, I told him yeah. towards the end of last year that I wanted to sort of work under him on any gigs he has, even if I just like if I'm there holding lenses for him, just going here you go, here you go, fine, just as long as I'm in amongst it. I could even switch Teague as maybe as... No, because first is focus pulling, right? And then... No, I think he'll be better as Kiffin because he knows how to fucking... Yeah, and that's the thing. Is I told Teague when I was on the call with him the other day, oh, Josh asked if, like, I wanted to be a gaff and everything and he was thinking of putting you. He goes, yeah, 100%, I'd love to do that. And so, like, obviously Teague and I are close. So I was like, fuck earth, let's do it. So, that's, and that's the thing, same camera department. Mm, so Yeah, it'll be great. That's perfect. Well, yeah, so that's locked in. What else have I done? Oh, we went to Flickrfest. The, yeah. um, the Flickrfest closing night was really inspiring. Um, to see all these people in the same places, um, kind of fucked. I'll tell you what I don't like, how you can... There was this one film that's... No, 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 no. There was this one film that was... I, I was actually talking to Dan about this. A um, couple... Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't mention that. But like one thing I will say is, um, you know, there was this film that is like in Sundance and shit like that. Bro, the budget is fucked. It looks like it was funded by Netflix, and it's actually going on Netflix. Yeah, I'm like, right. I don't understand how. Like that's just a mad advantage. Like you get all this budget, bro. This this dude's like dancing from a crane and shit like that. I'm like, what the fuck is yeah. this? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like you can't compete in that aspect. Right. You just have to try and compete with story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, I'm not even. That's the thing. I'm not even trying to compete more. So it's just like it's just a bit of a you know unfair bit advantage. Of overkill, but yeah, yeah. Again, it's, like it's, you said, if you are prioritizing that, you're doing it all for the wrong reasons. Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. And um, anyways. Didn't dishearten me or anything like that, good. but um, it was a good night. Good night. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, oh, so busy. Like this, I've got just so much shit that I'm going to do, but that's what I've been doing. Oh, and I added another scene. This is what I'm going to tell you. Oh, added another scene into the start of the film. And I told Dan about this, right? Is, um, oh, we still haven't said the title of it, but the main character, you know, it's about him and he's trying to find a cure for his daughter. And that's mm-hmm. why I second. I've added a scene because the Amazing. thing at Flickrfest, which I found, is they all have cool little intros, right? Yeah. Whether that's just a montage or whatever. Oh. So mine just opens on the desert, which is cool, right? But I wanted to do something different. So what I've done is this is how it's going to start. It's going to go over black. Uh, and it's a film production, right? That fades away. Then we hear a scene between Sir Frederick and Esther, the daughter. And it's just hysterical crying. She's going like, ah, like... I can't get it out of my head. Like I won't stop kind of thing. And he's like trying to comfort her. And that's the scene. Like it goes on for a good, like 30 seconds, just pure intensity of crying would literally like grab you and like, holy shit. Like this is anyways. Um, I needed a good actor for Esther, right. Around that 18 to like 20 range, um, that could play this. Um, so I'm getting Daisy. Yeah. Yes, beauty. So she's keen for it, and, um, and she's on. Yeah, yeah she's yes. on. So I will. What I'll do is I will. We'll probably film that on like the end of one of the days or something like that because it's literally it would take like max half an hour. You're not even going to see what's going to happen on screen, yeah. basically. Um, but yeah, this little time network we've yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's what's happening with me. I have another call with James on Sunday to do this final thing. He's been really good with his like giving me his time and stuff. And yeah, nice. 
I'm oh, fuck. I'm super excited to work with James, man. Like yeah. he's a full member of the um, ACS. A, yeah, that one. Um, he's a full member of the ACS now. So I don't know. It'd just be cool to even just have that little thing. You know, it pops up on mm. the, like the credits it's thing. Like the ACS yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm even curious as to what that is. Yeah, but no, King. There you go. I'm gonna yeah. So I have a lot of things I'm gonna do. Um, but that's it for me, Dan. Give us a little kind of inkling as to where you're at with your film and where you plan to go over these next couple months. So obviously you guys read the um, the script that I sent you, but then I also pitched that new idea to you, which is like sort of a spin-off that's derivative of that main idea. Um, and I kind of like this new idea better because with the old idea, I was just rewriting it and rewriting it, trying to make it make sense. And it never really felt satisfying. Like there was always like, why is this happening? This feels weird. But now I feel like this new idea, it sort of embraces the ridiculousness of it a yeah, bit more and it just feels better to me. Yeah. So I think now I just have to, I'm going to like completely rewrite a new version. Okay, cool. Um, and then I'll just have them side by side and then I can just mm. look over it, maybe take bits and pieces from yep. both and form the final draft or not final draft, but no. you know, something that we can work on. How many pages was that second one? Because I, I know the pages. first one was nine. Yeah, eight. I got it down to eight. Easy, mate. So... Nice. Well, what we're looking at, right? So I, I would say the best time, April, maybe like end of April, maybe, just because we're both going away in March. Mm-hmm. Um, so what filming wise or filming wise, end of April, like start filming end of April. Yeah, for his film. Beauty. Um, because I'm in June, yours won't, what, max, um, one, two day shoot, right? Depends how we do it. Like yeah. if it's this new version, there's going to be more locations. Okay. Well but then maybe. Each location is quite short in the newer version. I don't know. We'll see. I'm just trying to think right. what, to break it, what it comes yeah. down to with terms of like how busy we're going to be. Um, because I know I'm going to be kicking off like pretty busy with yeah, mine and yeah, i don't yeah. want to like not put as much effort into yours yeah yeah um but we can definitely smash out all the pre-production worst comes to work we film after mine um and just make sure we have everything sorted and ready to go and then i don't know maybe july or something like that but i've got like a bit of a producer brain myself so yeah. I, I sort of just need your help to like which is um, keep me accountable and like oh, organize mate, little bits right and pieces place. so yeah that's that's mainly what i want out of yeah. it so but I want you to like prioritize your film. Of course, well, man. So. Of course. And like that's, it helps having him on as well um, with co-producing because we can talk about it when we see each other once a week, yep. you know, whereas if it was just me, then, you know, I have all my stuff, all his stuff, and then all your stuff is now that I can kind of like share it. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. So, um, yeah, like I have a producer brain as well and he has developed a producer brain as well. Like he's done as much as me on this film, on his, sorry. I'm glad so, to hear you say that because I don't feel like I have. I just yeah. feel like I'm doing stuff. I'm, I, I'm kind of like directing you what to do when you're doing it yeah. kind of thing, which is what I'm guessing, like just holding you accountable and stuff like that. But um, I think that's all we have Pretty for much. today. Um, I'm looking forward to it, Dan. I mean, hopefully, like, we, um, hopefully these doubts start to become less and less as we progress into yeah. this new journey of your film. Um, and I've absolutely no doubts that it's going to be 
a cracker, my friend. Well, that's the thing. Like the early stages of this podcast, like there were doubts with both of our both of our films, and then like it all pans out in that's different it. ways and stuff, and. We, we, we get there in the end. Yeah. Uh, also, Austin, I wanted to say your set was probably the best set I've ever been on. Yes. Loved it. I literally have said that exact <laughs> yeah, same thing. Yeah, it was, thing. as you said, so smooth. So like, scarily smooth. smooth. Every, everybody, <laughs> like, loved each other as well. Yeah. Like, was so close and fun. Sets aren't always fun. And sometimes you need to have a clear balance between fun and... Um, getting shit, yeah, yeah, and yeah, efficiency definitely. and work, and we did that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly right. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Is like I love that I'm hearing that now. Like obviously on the day there was really like nothing that I was overly stressing about, but um, and then like I think to your example when you were directing two is a lesson, you didn't get told about problems. And then I didn't think I was getting told about problems. But there then were there no was, problems, there wasn't bro. That's the thing. <laughs> there were no problems. And I can 100% tell you, brother, it's never going to be like that again. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, I'm looking forward to that. Though. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the challenges and the execution of yeah. whatever comes next. And so. like, even with your film, if you choose to have the same crew, like we're developing a crew and we'll just get even better and better working yeah. together and stuff like that. Like, exactly. yeah, it's just fantastic. Yeah. Anyways, um... Dan, I think that's all we have for today. Is there any last words that you wanted to say? <laughs> Follow me on Instagram. There you go. Where can they find you, mate? So I've got my filmmaking account, Dan the Director yep. underscore. Yep. Otherwise, if you want to follow my personal for some cheeky life updates. Hey! Uh, <laughs> it's Daniel Cagola, one word. Um, last name is spelled C-U-G-O-L-A. Perfect. So, yeah. Good stuff. What well, do you mean by cheeky? Oh, you'll have to follow me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All love I'm it. saying is the stories disappear after 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, damn, damn. Awesome. You're the man. Anyways, uh, Austin, where can they find us? No, 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 that's you, buddy. That's you. Josh, where can these lovely people Okay, find well, us? you can find us the pre-production meeting on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get, wherever you get your content. Uh, you can find us at the pre-prod pod on TikTok, Instagram. Um, we aren't TikTokers, um, no. but we will post some content on there for those that like the tiktokers and you might catch an upcoming post of austin doing a tiktok dance no. to the intro of emily in paris no. No way. <laughs> anyways um austin what are we doing we're tying a little bow on this episode baby and we'll see you guys next week thanks dan for coming on appreciate it thanks boys. awesome and peace peace out